desire to help you appreciate and rejoice in the riches of God's grace to us in Christ. That's why we call this program The Riches of Grace. We're happy you've tuned our way today and trust that our time together will prove a real blessing as we continue with a series of studies designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. My name is Alex Kurz, and it's my privilege to invite you to join us as Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, brings us another message from the Word of God. Thank you, Alex, and we're certainly glad, my friend, uh, that you've joined us today. We trust that our time together, as we look into God's Word, will be a rich blessing and help to you. We're going to look at the at a topic that, that I call the halls of the highest human happiness, uh, the issue of, of marriage, next to salvation itself. Marriage is, is life's most important step, uh, the most important decision you'll ever make in your life, next to trusting Jesus Christ and Him alone as your Savior, is the issue of marriage, whether or not to be married, and the choice of uh, choosing a life's mate. Can I say to you that marriage is a divine institution? It comes off of the drawing board of heaven. It's not something that, that man or woman uh, devised or created on their own, but rather it's an institution that God Himself created. It's not a church institution. It's not something the church founded or authorized. It's something that God Himself created because God created a man who needed a wife. And we're going to study the 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 basic issues and if you've got a bible and you're where you can i know if you're driving in your automobile or something you can't do that but uh, if you can look at genesis chapter number two with me i want to look with us uh, for us to look at two basic principles that that uh that that deal with what marriage is all about from a divine perspective and if you understand how it was created how the how the the handbook how how god designed marriage to function then you can understand how to live in marriage in a way where you get out of it what God created for it to give you. Now, can I say to you that marriage is much more that, than just a formula? And I'm not going to try to give you a formula here today. Uh, and be aware, be, be, be weary, leery of anyone who offers you formulas uh, for happy, successful marriages. Marriage is not an easy thing. The reason there are problems in marriages is because there, are, there was problems in the first marriage. Uh, marriage is, is deeper than a formula. Marriage is life. And if you're a believer, marriage is designed to be the Christian life. And you're going to have a, a window into your Christian life and the value of it and the impact of it uh, more clearly laid out for you in intimate terms in your marriage than anywhere else. You're going to see just what uh, the Lord really means to you in your marriage relationship. And there will only be one other person who really knows uh, what that is, and that'll be your spouse. You can put on uh, airs, as they say. You can put on masks. You can hide. You can do all kind of other things. But there's one other person that God designed to really know you in human terms, and that's your spouse. And there's a basic understanding of sound doctrine and of its outworking in our lives. That verse that we love to quote here, that the Word of God works effectually in you that believe. There's a basic understanding of some sound doctrine about what marriage is and how it works out in, the, in your life. And can I say to you, I'm not trying to talk, teach these things today to hold you up to a standard of perfection and to see whether you measure up. No, no. 
this is not designed to be a legalistic kind of a thing where you can say, well, see, you don't measure up, but rather just to delve into what God says marriage is and what he's designed it to be in our life and how when his word effectually works in us that believe, this is what, this is the life that it creates. Go with me to Genesis chapter number 2. It's interesting that there's really, uh, uh, the Bible starts early on the topic of marriage. Uh, in fact, it's the second divine institution that's inaugurated, in Gen- and it's in Genesis chapter 2. The Lord God said, Genesis two eighteen, it is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Uh, God didn't want man to be alone. So he takes him and he is going to educate man in his need for a helper, for a spouse, for a helper who is qualified, able to help him, to help him carry out his responsibilities. And God purposefully creates the woman because the man is going to need help in carrying out the commission that God had given him, the purpose for which he was created. No man can ever carry out the purpose for his life in its fullest intent without the help that God gives um, in this way. Now, understand something, and let me just say it to start with. You can be a complete, whole person without being married, okay? You can be complete and whole and live purposefully and attain uh, great things for God, and others without being married. But if you're married, these are the things that you need to understand. These are the issues that if you make the choice to enter into marriage, and it's a choice, no one forces you, no one requires you to do it, no one makes you do it, it's not the shotgun kind of a thing. We're talking about it's a choice that you enter into by faith, And when you do, this is the thing. These are the things that are designed uh, to be what what you enter into. You can be whole. You can be complete without a spouse, without marriage. But when you enter into marriage, here is what it is you enter into. Verse 24, uh, you, you know the story, and I trust in Genesis 2, how God puts Adam to sleep and takes the rib and creates the wife, and Adam wakes up and you know, he says, wow, where have you been all my life, you know, and you're, you're the only woman in the world for me. There she was. And um, verse 22 said that the, the Lord had taken from man and made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam was head over heels in love at first sight. Um, verse 24, he says, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Now, that is a verse that pretty much everybody hears at marriage ceremonies, because that verse encapsulizes uh, three or four things that make up what marriage is. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother. Uh, Male leadership is assumed in marriage. Mister, you're to be the head of your home. You're to be the initiator. You're to be the one who takes the leadership. So the man leaves his father and mother. There is a leaving. There is a severance. There has been a life that he's had. you've had up until that time, and now there is a formal, real break of the previous bond. There is a leaving. 
A man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife. That word cleave is, is, is like uh, is to be glued together. Uh, you know, you say, well, boy, uh, you, a guy looks at his wife and says, honey, I'm stuck on you. Well, that's the word. <laughs> that's the idea. It's like uh, you take wallpaper and you put the paste on the wall and you paste the wallpaper to the wall and it sticks there. Have you ever tried to get wallpaper off of a wall after it's been pasted up there? More often than not, uh, if you just try to take it away, uh, you'll pull the, the backing off the sheetrock. The wallpaper will be stuck to the sheetrock that, that, that tightly. Uh, to, to separate it would be to tear it apart. So he says you leave your father and mother. You, there, there's, a, there's a dying to the former life, and there is a, 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 a joining to a new identity. Where you come, uh, uh, where you come to another, and you're stuck together, you're placed together, uh, and and uh, have an absolute, complete change in your identity, and the two shall be one flesh. Now there is an absolute new identity created in marriage, and it has to do with first the leaving. You die to the single life. You die to singleness in order to be alive unto marriage. You die to who you were before, to the life you had before. You know, a lot of folks never realize that. They think that, well, when they got married, they just took a spouse, and that spouse was just added in to all that they were before. But no, no, no. There is a, a leaving of the former life, a dying to singleness, and a cleaving, a coming alive to to a new identity. You die to singleness in order to be alive to marriage. You die to self in order to be alive to your mate. And then the, the two become one flesh. There is a there's a new life, a new identity brought about. And when it talks about being one flesh, there are a lot of things involved there, but but for our purpose here, just say it this way, there, there now is a serving of one another. Uh, when you have one flesh, when you're one body, each member of the body does what to the other members? It serves them. That's right. It puts their interest above their own interest. It does its part, and it serves the other. Marriage is essentially a decision to identify with another person and to adopt a, a team approach to life. Uh, you know the game of tennis, perhaps. You can play. You can play singles, and if you win, the other person loses. And there's you, and then there's the other person across the net. And if they win, you lose. Well, when you get married, what you do is you you you, you don't play singles anymore. Now you're playing doubles. You agree to play as a team, and as a team, there there's no such thing as one partner winning and the other losing. You and your partner on your side of the net, you either win together as one or you lose together as one. And that new identity, that oneness, comes about by making the choice and the decision to leave the former life and to cleave unto uh, this, you, the, the, the spouse to change your identity from what it was before to a new life and then to live in a relationship where you're going to serve one another. Now, this passage in Genesis chapter 2 that lays out these very basic things, this 
sort of a a three-legged stool uh, things, the leaving, the cleaving, and the oneness. Uh, that passage is quoted in, 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 in the New Testament Scriptures several times, in fact. Uh, Gen- in Ephesians chapter number 5, it's quoted by the Apostle Paul. And it's quoted in a very interesting context in, in Ephesians chapter number 5. Uh, Ephesians 5 verse 18, Paul says, Be not drunk with wine, or in its excess, but be filled with the Spirit. To be filled with the, the, the Spirit of God is to be controlled by the love and the grace of God, is to have the Word of God, uh, uh, the, the Word of His grace, an understanding of the, of the love and the grace of God to control our life. This is not some ecstatic kind of a thing where you, you, know, you go off in a closet somewhere or you go off into some solemn retreat and you pray, and all of a sudden God just whips a lightning bolt down out of heaven you know, and hits you in the back of the head. It runs down your spine. All the hair stand up. You just go, whoopee. It, it's not that kind of a thing. Being filled with the Spirit isn't that kind of thing in the Bible. It's that in religion. I know you. You know you have the formal people that have all the, the formalism and the the ceremonies and the liturgy and all that make you feel uh, in in such a contrite way. And and then you have the folks who enjoy the fanaticism and the emotions and all that. But see, all of that is designed for what, for your eyes and your ears and your feeling and your senses. The verse said, "Be filled with the Spirit." It's not talking anything about your flesh. It says, be not drunk with wine. The issue isn't your flesh. The issue is your inner man. And it's to be filled with what God's Spirit desires to put in you. And what is it that God's Spirit wants to fill you with? Well, it's an understanding of the love and the grace of God. And to be filled with the love and the grace of God. We, we have, if you're not filled with that, you don't have anything to pass on to, to, to one another. The characteristics of being filled with the Spirit of God. Verse 19, he says, Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for, for all things un, unto God and the Father of our, uh, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. If you're not going to walk in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ, how are you going to walk in submission to one another? Submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. If you're not going to walk in submission to Him, you'll never walk in service to others. And the issue of pride is the, is the thing that keeps submission, putting the other's interest ahead of your own, out of your life. I'll not walk in submission to anyone, someone said. I've, I've had people say, I, won't, I, I don't care what God says, my husband says, my kids say, my boss says, you say, anybody says, I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Well, if that's the way you feel today, have at it. Just see how much happiness it's going to give you. <laughs> you know what? It isn't. You reap what you sow. In this passage, when he talks about submitting ourselves one to another, it's fascinating that he begins in the next verse to talk about the prescribed social order in the life and the home of a believer. Verse 22, he says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Verse 25, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Chapter 6, verse 1, he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Verse 4, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Chapter 6, verse 5, servants, obey them that have 
that, that are your masters. Uh, and then he says in verse 9, you masters, do, thing, uh, do the same things unto them, and so forth. He, he goes right out, starts with you as an individual, being filled with the Spirit of God, you making the choice to have God's truth live and control your life, and then as a wife, what will it do? It will give you a submissive heart. As a husband, it will make you a lover. It'll cause you to do exactly the things that God's Word is designed to do in that situation in your life. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. In verse number uh, 31, he says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall be joined to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. <laughs> That's interesting, isn't it? What about marriage? I thought he was talking about that. Well, he was. But you see, there's a spiritual issue in marriage. And until you understand Christ's identification with you, you'll never understand your identification with your mate and your spouse. You see, Christ set the pattern for the leaving and the cleaving. Christ set the pattern for the one flesh, the total identity together. And it's not so much that your marriage reflects his relationship between him and the church as his relationship, the relationship between Jesus Christ and the believer sets the pattern for what your marriage is to be. Jesus Christ identified himself with us and our humanity so totally that for 2,000 years, men have been arguing about who he, who he is and whether he was really God or man. You see, you can't separate the two. And that's the picture of marriage. We're so identified with one another that it's hard even to imagine the, the separation of the two, to even to think of you and, and to think of your spouse is, is, is natural. It's hard to think of you without thinking of your spouse and thinking of your spouse without thinking of you because you're identified with one another. Now, we have basic needs as, as, as humans. You have a spirit, a soul, and a body. You have needs for your body, physical needs. Your soul has needs. The, the Greek word for soul is, is suke, psychological needs. And I'm not talking about uh, the psychological, you know, the, the psychology of the world. I'm talking about the emotional needs that you have and the needs that, 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 that seat themselves in your will. But you also have spiritual needs. You need unconditional love, unconditional acceptance, and you need purpose and meaning in life. You need a reason to get up in the morning. Those needs, those spiritual needs, can only be met in Jesus Christ. They're not going to be met in your spouse. They're not going to be met on your job. They're not going to be met in, in the sports arena. They're not going to be met in religion. They can only be met in Christ. And when you seek to have your spiritual needs, unconditional love, unconditional acceptance, purpose and meaning in life, when you seek to have your spiritual needs met in your mate... In, 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 in your job or in anyone else, 
Well, you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to get, a, get that, that person to do something that is impossible for them to do, and you're going to live in absolute frustration. Trying to get something from your spouse that they can't give you, that can only be given to you by God, my friend, is only to bring frustration and ultimately bitterness into your marriage relationship. Unless you have your spiritual needs satisfied in Jesus Christ, you're going to go through life ignoring and rejecting and, and frustrated. You, you know what we say? We say, give me enough time. <laughs> I love that one. Give me enough exposure to enough people, and I'll find someone who'll love me and who'll accept me, and it'll give me some reason to live. It's impossible, and it's futile. But when your spiritual needs are met in Christ then you are free to serve one another in the areas of your soul and your body. You see, the key to the halls of the highest human happiness is to recognize, is to be filled with the Spirit, is to be filled in your spirit with an understanding of God's love and grace to you in Christ so that you understand all of your spiritual needs are met in Him. And you don't need to use anyone else or anything else, any other anything, in order to meet those needs for unconditional love, unconditional acceptance, and for real purpose and meaning in life. You have those needs met. And now you are free not to use others to try to meet those needs, but rather you're free to go out and to serve one another in the areas of the soul and the body needs that they have. That makes your marriage a place where Christ lives out his life through you in relationship with another member of the body of Christ, and it makes your marriage the halls of the highest human happiness. Understand, and that's why we talk to you week after week after week, about the fact that you need to have a clear understanding of the Word of God rightly divided so that you can know the identity that God has given you in Christ as a member of the church, the body of Christ, so you don't misunderstand who you are, but you understand your identity in Christ. You're not look, running around looking for a better self-image or whatever. You have a proper image of yourself, a proper understanding of who God says you are in His Son. And when you have that, then you know that God has loved you and accepted you unconditionally in Christ. You're accepted in the Beloved. And He's made you a part of something. You're His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God before ordained that we should walk in them. You're part of something that God's doing. And now you're free to go out and serve others, beginning with your spouse, and go meet their needs in the realm of the soul and their body. That issue of understanding the leaving, the cleaving, and the one flesh is a matter of identification. You'll never grasp it until you understand the identification that Jesus Christ has had with you and you with him. Can I give you, and, and, and you, you get that by understanding fully and completely the word of God rightly divided. That's why I say to you that dispensational Bible study, studying God's word rightly divided, is the 
single most practical thing you can ever do in your life. Let me offer you a free Bible study tape. Our time's almost gone. The tape's entitled, The Halls of the Highest Human Happiness. It's designed to go over the information we've talked about here today and to help you get a grasp on just what the marriage relation from the drawing board of heaven was designed to be and how it can work effectively in your life. The Halls of the Highest Human Happiness. Let me give you this as a free tape, as a gift from me to you to help you understand and enjoy God's life that's given to you in Christ. You simply call us here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. And you request your copy of the Bible study, The Halls of the Highest Human Happiness, and we'll be glad that you get a free copy. 888-535-2300. As I've already said, next to salvation, marriage is life's most important step, most important decision. Friend, you can be, you are, a whole person without being married. But if you're married, you're never going to be a whole person until you do it God's way. Marriage came, it came off of heaven's drawing board. And if you follow God's plan, then it can be heaven on earth. If you don't, well, it can be hell on earth. It's designed to be the halls of the highest human happiness. Let me give you this free Bible study that'll help you to understand God's perspective on marriage. The halls of the highest human happiness. The Bible study is yours. Simply call me here, 888-535-2300. 888-535-2300. Can I also tell you that there are people in your area, this is listener-supported radio, there are people in your area listening to this radio station right now that rejoice in the truths of God's Word rightly divided and the message of God's wonderful grace to us. And they buy the airtime to put this program on, the, on, on this station so that you can hear this Bible study week after week. Maybe you'd like to join them. If you do, you call the number 888-535-2300, and we'll tell you where they meet this weekend. If you don't have an assembly to attend where the Word of God is taught rightly divided, the message of grace is clearly proclaimed, and the grace life is the issue in life where you've got real answers for real questions out of real life, well, then you owe it to yourself and to your family, if you have one, to be in an assembly like that. I can tell you where there is one in your area. You call me, 888-535-2300, and we'll be glad to see that you get in touch with the saints there where you are. Thanks for being with us today. Till we meet again this same time next week, Maranatha. Hey, pastors, how are you reaching your community? Here's John MacArthur from Grace to You. I don't need to recreate the truth. I don't need to innovate anything. I need to follow the example of those who have gone before and have been profoundly blessed by God. Pastor, don't miss encouragement like that from John MacArthur. Join us for a series of virtual pastor appreciation events. You'll also hear from Alan Jackson of World Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, speaking about the pandemic. Christ in you enables you to be more than a conqueror. We're going to face challenges and difficulties. We're going to come through this season. We'll do better than that. We will flourish. The Virtual Pastors Appreciation Event. Five different 90-minute sessions free each Thursday in October with 10 speakers and musical guests. Be encouraged, equipped, and edified. Find out more and pre-register at thewordorlando.com. Thewordorlando.com. Presented by AM 990 and FM 101.5 The Word. 
Are your car repair bills ruining your budget? Does each time you take your car in for repairs, the bills get bigger? Seriously, you need to come to Blue Book Service Center. Blue Book Service Center has been servicing its customers for 39 years, so with no debt, we pass the savings on to you. We service many fleets, from plumbing companies, electrical contractors, pool companies, even the Seminole County Sheriff's Department, and of course, our many longtime regular customers. Remember, we offer fleet pricing to everyone, so why pay an exorbitant retail rate to get a free banana? Also, We don't upsell, and we don't have service people on commission. But what we do have is certified mechanics and the latest equipment. Many customers bring us their repair estimates for a second opinion. And almost all the time, some or even none of the repairs were needed. Blue Book Service Center needs to be your next stop, whether your fleet or personal car. Call us today at 407-321-0741. Blue Book Service Center, we're saving you money. Blue Book Cars, the official sponsor of your daily commute. Take the word with you wherever you go with our mobile app, thewordorlando.com. Alexa, tune in, iHeart, and radio.com. Faith comes by hearing the new AM 990 and FM 101.5. The Word. Florida's most powerful voice in Christian talk radio. 50,000 watts. The new AM 990 and FM 101.5. The word. WTLN Orlando. W26ACT Orlando. Where faith comes by hearing. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Today I'm titling this message, You Can Be a Hero Too, and to keep it where we can go deep enough for today, but yet not extend our messages long, I'm going to put it into two parts, and yet they're both standalone messages, so if you are going to be at the retreat next week, that's okay, you can get that on CD, those of you that will be with